Business Rap of the Day. It is exactly 7.53 on Metro FM Talk. Joining us on the line for our business wrap tonight, we've got Sinesipo Maninjwa, Independent Analyst and CA. A very good evening to you, Sinesipo. Uh, good evening, Tammy. How are you? I'm awesome, thank you. Let's go straight into the top stories. Uh, Old Mutual and, and Peter Moyo were back at it today. Uh, give us a, a, a little bit of, um, I guess, insight into into some of the arguments that were put forward by uh, Senior Counsel Vincent uh, Malega on behalf of Old Mutual today. Yes, so they went back to court. As you know, the purpose of them going back to court was to uh, oppose the reinstatement of Peter Moya on the basis of the fact that they don't believe that the decision was appropriate. appropriate. So it was just uh, opening arguments from uh, Vincent as well as the defense also went uh, went to bat today. Uh, but the purpose was just literally just to oppose the order. Because remember, they, he, Peter Moyer was dismissed and then tried to go back to work and was and then was told to go home and then went to court again, got dismissed again, and went back to court again. We're now third time the charm. We're hoping some finality. Mm. Now, if we look at Old Mutual and, and how you know they've fared out of this, how have they come out looking as far as like, corporate governance is concerned and I guess corporate culture as well? So a, a big issue with um, Old Mutual is that they can't seem to shake the, uh, the, 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 the lack of corporate governance and specifically looking at uh, the, the intertanglement, as I like to call it, between um, Old Mutual um, and Rothschild Deputy Chairperson, who also happens to be Old Mutual Chairperson. It's it put a lot into um, spotlight in terms of the concept of conflict of interest. And if you look at the share price of Old Mutual, which I think is more important uh, than corporate governance, it's, it's, it's taken a beating. So if you look at in July in June 2019, the share price was 20 rand. It's now at 17 rand. They've lost over 20% of value, which for shareholders is concerning, which is why you, you might have seen in the newspapers where shareholders, uh, large shareholders, have specifically said um, they want uh, Old Mutual to settle with Peter Moyer because ultimately this causes more harm to shareholders than anyone else. Is Peter Moyer open for a settlement? Because for all intents and purposes, he looks like a man who wants to get back to his job. Uh, the problem is that this is a function of ego more than anything else. There is um, so a large an, a large issue is I think in terms of how the board managed the dismissal process of Peter Moyer. There is a feeling, which is my personal sentiment, is that that there was a great level of disrespect um, that was done when they dismissed him, they opted to dismiss him. However, he has indicated he's open to settlement, but only for part A of his application, not part B, which deals with the director's delinquency, which is where we're at. They're in an impasse. Mm. Let's talk a bit about the director's delinquency. I mean, when he appeared in October, he said that, um, you know, some of the board members actually need to be jailed. Uh, talk to us about, about some of that and exactly what it is that uh, Peter Moyer is talking about. So, um, so the delinquency 
relates to his dismissal. And also, it also relates to um, the dismissal and the handling of a of the Trevor Manuel um, conflict of interest. And also, what he's often put in jail is because by rejecting his uh, court-ordered reinstatement, there, the board was in effect, in effect in contempt of court. So he says, because you guys have uh, obviously just, you're not open to listening to what a uh, judge says, um, you, I want you guys to go to jail for, for uh, not obeying a court order. Now, if, if we listen to what um, Vincent Maleka said today, he said that the ruling that Judge Mashile came up with, that uh, Peter Moyo be reinstated earlier on in July, was based on, on two reasons. First, a conflict of interest as, as well as misconduct. But that he said the real reason why he was dismissed is actually because of a breakdown of a relationship between the board and Mr. Moyo, also stating that this misconduct and conflict of interest was actually never even mentioned in his dismissal letter. Why the addition now and why the change of focus as to the reason for dismissal? Uh, because uh, if your first argument doesn't win, you have to go to your second argument. So ultimately, they say the breakdown of trust was caused by... NMT Capital, which they were one of the old mutuals, one of the founding uh, shareholders as well as anchor investor, it, 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 they, they said that was the issue. But now I think it's because at this point it's been close to six months now. I think, um, um, Tammy, you can agree that the relationship is sour. It's not in a good relationship if you're opposing courts and court each and every single couple of weeks. But also one of the things that um, one of the things that um, was quite interesting with um, Advocate Malulek's uh, uh, argument in court, he was his argument is that we gave him six months paid leave, and he's trying to paint the picture as just because someone was given um, a large settlement does not a large settlement in that you were given six months um, in your salary still does not mean that you have the right to dismiss them any way you please. Because a lot of this, which is what Peter Moyer's case is, is you did not follow the process. Mm. We have the Labor Act for a reason, and we have common law for a reason. It says, quite simply put, that you don't just fire someone. You run through a process, and it does not, regardless of who you are, whether you be the CEO or the maid, you, the, the process needs to be followed. Do you think that a settlement and the end of this court saga between Moyo and Old Mutual, do you think that is enough to reinstate confidence in, in the shares and for the share price to, to regain its previous standing? Yeah, the, the, the thing with the share price is that the share price, they're pricing in, uh, the board is unable to manage its, its role, which is to grow the company because it's busy with this court case. And the issue of the fact that they might, some of the directors might be declared delinquent means you can't really focus on the business and the business strategy. So you are, you're unable, the lack of focus, it, it literally caused the lack of focus, ability to be able to focus, means and make and take permanent decisions because you don't know if you'll still be in the role mm. one year from now. They remember, they also can't appoint the permanent CEO. So if you're you're the guy who's currently acting, you, you are just as much of a matchless.
Now, now I'd like us to move, um, because of time, as Nisipo, to, to another issue here. Um, let's take a look and focus at MTN. MTN says that they will now oppose the Competition Commission's recommendations. I mean, the last we heard from them, um, as well as Vodacom, they were studying these recommendations. They've come out today saying they're going to take the stand of opposition. Tell us more about that. So, um, so, the, so MTN has indicated that they will oppose and the basis of them opposing is that it's sort of a regulation overreach. The Competition Commission, um, in its function, in can sanction for anti-competitive, but regulating the price is not something I think, for me, one of the most difficult things is that I, that's why I, I'm looking to forward to uh, studying the reports, because I believe that we need to actually see in terms of procedure, because MTN has said that it is not the mobile operators who are who are to blame for the high data costs. And they have admitted that they've, they've cut the data costs in the past year to two years, 12 to 24 months. It is the lack of spectrum allocation, which has always been a contentious issue. And, and that then lies in the domain of ICASA. Yes. So it, it's for me. It procedurally looks at where where are we uh, where are we going, and in some level, I think this case um, provides a nice case study in terms of what are the maximum powers of the Competition Commission. Like I said before, for them to have made a ruling of forty uh, to fifty percent drop, they need to be very very clear because you, at some level, they should have known or anticipated or to have known that the uh, major telcos, namely MTN and Vodacom, would challenge it. So it's a question of uh, what procedurally, um, what is going to be happening. Do, do you see Vodacom jumping on board and, and joining MTN in this? Uh, it would be pertinent too, because they are the two who've got the most to lose. But I think they're also applying, I think everybody is, studying the judgment and studying, waiting for the report, getting an, an, an understanding of exactly some very expensive legal fees are going to be incurred in this. So it's, um, it's, for me, I think it's a great, like I said, it's a great case study to see what are the ambient, what are the maximum powers, the, the Competition Commission, and should this, and the question I want to find out is where is the cost in this because they are the regulating the regulating body of telcos in this country. The, the Competition Commission, yes, they've been accused of overreach and going beyond their, their particular mandate, but they were quite confident in giving this particular ruling, saying that if the, the two, MTN and Vodacom, do not comply by slashing these data prices by up to 50%, that they could face prosecution. So clearly confident about their standpoint and what it is and what recourse they have. Oh, you've got to be confident if you're going to make a ruling like this. You can't be half-confident. You're about to go up against one of the two, arguably the two most successful companies in SA. So you best be very, 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 very sure of your uh, your case. And like I said, a lot of it is going to be, for me, the arguments from MTN and Vodacom would most likely be on the procedure. What is the what is the ambient of the Competition Commission and what are because it's regulating retail pricing. Are they maybe overstepping? That's why I'm curious to find out 
what ICASA is going to do, because for me, this should not have come from the Commission Commission. This should have come from ICASA as the regulating entity. And then what portion of blame is to be allocated to the unallocated spectrum? The, the argument here, Snesipo, um, that, that some have made is the fact that on other parts uh, of the continent, in other countries, that the data prices are so much cheaper than they are in South Africa. And yet still the issue of spectrum allocation is, is a problem there. So why should the prices in South Africa be subjected to a lack of spectrum while on other parts of the continent that does not so much seem to affect the, the, the cost of data? So you've got to look at it in this way. A lot of the, the, the telcos, if they subsidizing uh, from a blended retail, it's, it's on on some level subsidizing the uh, uh, and subsidizing the other African countries. So it's not if you can't look at it in isolation. For me, there needs to be um, imposing regulation that says flat out thirty to fifty percent cost. Is I don't think is the maybe the right approach. There needs to be sort of a coming together, which I believe more of a coming together because everybody recognizes, no one says data is cheaper. Everyone recognizes that the cost of data needs to come down. The question is that in terms of how do we manage the process downwards, it cannot just be an on-off button. There needs to be a process and you do need industry buy-in and Industry buy-in for this, it might be a give and take. So it might be, okay, you want the prices to come down, let us release the spectrum. But then, you know, it needs to be a give and take. It is not a, there shouldn't be a one-size-fits-all approach. There needs to be a coming together of both the major telecos as well as the government as the regulator and the additional stakeholders because I think where we all are is that we do realize that the, the, the price of data needs to come down. Now, the question is, how do we manage that process downwards? At the same time, we also would like to grow the industry at the same time and also increase competition at the same time. Mm. So it, it, it's multiple conversations and it's a multi-layered, um, multi-layered conversation that requires buy-in. Uh, I, I'm not a believer of one-way regulation. I do believe in there being uh, buy-in. No, it's certainly multifaceted there. Now, the last one that uh, we can perhaps touch on tonight is uh, what's happening at uh, Grand Parade in, in Investments. They seem to be uh, letting go of a, a lot of their investments. Uh, they are now, uh, they hold the Burger King franchise in South Africa, and they say that they were in talks, or they are in talks at the moment, to sell a stake in, in the business. Uh, what is going on at Grand Parade? Um, so, basically, as you know, Grand Parade... Um, its primary business was um, primarily in gambling, and then they decided a couple of years ago to um, get into the food business. That has not yielded returns, significant returns, uh, and it's been a lot more challenging than they anticipated. So they looked to what the announcement was that they're looking to sell their interests and possibly recruit some of their lost investment. They also earlier on uh, uh, got rid of their, um, their, they disposed of their uh, stakes in Spur 
uh, Dunkin' Donuts is also, and that is a, a big, a big, a big, a big, a big change in, in shift in strategy. Because remember, a lot of what happened at Grand Parade was kicked off last year with some heavy shareholder activism and sort of there was the board meeting of the century uh, where they looked at um, look there was serious concerns by shareholders shareholders raised uh, a concern that the directors the direction the board was taking was resulting in eroding of uh, eroding of um, a shareholder value because this was led by if you remember by Denka Investments, uh, which then, uh, with the help of a black-owned uh, investment holding company, uh, Value Capital, sort of, uh, and some other shareholders like Ahiso and Westbrook, uh, banded together to, uh, you know, stage a coup on the management, in effect. Mm. Well, awesome. Thank you so much uh, for the conversation this evening, highlighting some of the top stories and how some of uh, some of the big companies are performing at this time. Thank you so much, Sinesipo Manindra, an independent analyst and CA. Also, perhaps noteworthy regarding a Grand Parade investment is that Dr. Hassan Adams, who is a founding member and, and chair of Grand uh, Parade Investment, is, is going to be retiring at the end of, of January next year. And uh, perhaps this is part of that restructuring and a refocusing um, that Sinosipo alluded to a bit earlier on. It is exactly 10 minutes after 8 o'clock. This is Business Wrap. And right here on Metro FM Talk, we'll be right back. Business, business, business Wrap of the Day. On Metro FM Talk with Ayoboga Kawe.